Welcome back to the Final Word Podcast, a Pathfinder adventure. In previous weeks, I've discussed all manners of rules, mechanics, and best practices. However, I have yet to discuss how you play or find a place to play in the first place. Like us, you could find a group of friends that want to play and have fun exploring the game together. There may also be game shops in your area that have open tables that you could try to join. Um, you could also play games online in a number of different formats. This past weekend, I had the chance to play in another fashion. Paizo developed a system by which you could develop a single character and use it across many campaigns and with many different players across the world, if you so choose. They call this the Pathfinder Society. I was lucky enough to try this out for myself and have to say it was a blast. The rules for the Pathfinder Society, or PFS, are the same as for a standard game with a few caveats. First of all, no house rules are allowed. This is done so that every game is equal. Also, certain choices for races, feats, abilities, equipment, and other things are altered or eliminated altogether. For example, the leadership feat, which allows you to get henchmen as you play, is not permissible, as keeping track of this would be difficult, to say the least. When your character receives loot in a game, they can use it for that game, and then are given the opportunity to purchase it once the game is completed, as opposed to getting it outright. Also, unlike a standard campaign, any character that wants that item is given the opportunity to purchase it, even if only one such item was found. When you complete a PFS game, experience is also handled differently. In a normal campaign, you get a certain amount of experience for each monster you beat, trap you dodge, or story hurdle you overcome. In the PFS world, you get a set amount of experience for each game, regardless of what was done. Also, you are granted a certain number of prestige points based on how well you completed the missions given to you. These can be used in-game to gain the effects of certain spells, like remove disease, or after the game to purchase boons, which can benefit this character or even give you options for future characters. PFS games can be played in a number of different venues. Big conferences such as PaizoCon and GenCon have tables available for Pathfinder Society games. These usually fill up fast, so if you are planning on going to these events, sign up quickly for your games. Some game stores will run regular games using the PFS rules and structure. In addition, you can play these games online either by play-by-post or using tools like Roll20. For more information on where to find a game near you, please visit paizo.com and click on Organized Play. Now in case you have yet to hear, we are getting ready to offer our first, and hopefully not last, giveaway. Once we reach 100 followers on Instagram, we will reach out to our listeners with information on how to enter for a chance to win a set of dice from Die Hard Dice. To follow us on Instagram, just search for Final Word Podcast. If you have not done so already, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and tell a friend. The more people we get enjoying this podcast, the more we will be able to offer you in the future. Now, without further ado, on to episode 10, Into the Tum Tum. Okay, so after a night of light drinking for once, um, you guys get up, you're used to waking up with the sun unlike the rest of the people on board, so when you guys wake up, 
the only ones really out and about are Ramona and the sailors. You guys have a task to do. What do you do? And so the ship hasn't moved at all since they pulled it into this little zone, yeah? Uh, it is moving, but it's not moving very fast. It's um, You can tell that there's plenty of wind. Um, right now they're anchored, but um, they just were really going slow. So they could technically make it back to Talmandor's Bounty, but they really don't have the resources to be able to... Right to do it and survive. Which way is the boat facing? The bow is facing shore, so. Okay. So we've probably got some sort of little barnacle attached to our butts here or something along those lines. We ought to hop into the water and check it out. So Ramona comes up to you and is like, um, again, I want to thank you for what you did last night with the crew and calming them down. Um, and as I said, we still have the problem with the boat. I just want to reiterate what we know so far, um, which is pretty much nothing. We did have one soldier, uh, sorry, one sailor that went into the water and uh, swam under the boat to see if he could see anything that was holding the boat fast. Couldn't find anything. Um, if you want to know more about that, I suggest uh, talking with the captain. He could point you out, point you to the person that had done that. Um, otherwise, that's all we really know at this point. Okay, so let's go and let, let's talk to anyone who's been under the boat and see, you know, how much light did they have? What did, just so that we don't end up doing the exact same thing they did. Who can we talk to that's already been out there under the boat in the water? Um, I am not sure which of the uh, the sailors had done it. Uh, I would suggest going to talk with Captain Marcosi, um, and he could probably point you to the. Uh, to which one of his men had been under the boat. All right. Let's find Captain Marcosi and see what his read on the situation is. Okay. Um, he is up at the helm. So if you want to go and find out, he's up there. All right. I'm going to make my way to the helm and give him a, a good morning, Captain. How are you doing this fine day? Uh, it's a fine day for sure. Clear seas and clear weather but uh if only my ship would would agree with the the weather yes we hear you've got a problem down under the wee ship here so uh what do you know about the situation and and what do you suppose is causing a ship to move so slow well i know normally the peregrine is a one mighty fast ship but ever since we entered this cove here we've uh haven't been cutting the waves as fast as we normally would. Uh, we've had plenty of wind. We've even thrown some oars in to try to gain some extra speed, but it did nothing. Absolutely nothing. We thought that we might have something tangled down on the rudder or uh, on the uh, keel of the boat, but I did send my uh, first mate under, and he came back and didn't see anything. Uh, but, as I said, he did go under the the after the boat uh, near the rudder. It is a hundred foot boat after all. It's a pretty large ship. So 
there might be something under there, but honestly, I am not sure what it could be. I see, Captain. And have we um done any detect magic? I think someone did detect magic when we came on the ship to see if there was anything like magic holding the boat in place. Did we? I can't remember. I don't think we actually did, but I know um, Zorni was planning on doing it from the interior. Yeah, because that would be my first thought. If someone's already been under the boat, that we should probably see if there's something that could have gotten in the boat and caused it to go slower, but I don't know what, what that would be. My guess is there's something underneath us. Something spooky. Probably tentacled. <laughs> okay. How many people are on the boat? Like, crew, everything. Uh, we'll just throw over some dead weight. That'll get us moving. Well, it's an option. Not what I was thinking, but it sounds pretty good. <laughs> well, there are totally 50 <clears throat> colonists, and then me and my crew. So, uh, so uh, since my crew makes up about 10, that's about 60 total. Hmm. And we want to take the boat. We can't just well, yeah. The, do the walk. All sorts of well, useful this stuff is on my the boat. Ship, and uh, if you ever want to get more anything for the colony, <laughs> we need to get this this uh, ship in tip top condition. Okay. So we do want to keep the nice big ship. Would be probably pretty useful. We should probably keep the ship. <laughs> okay. uh, Please don't burn down my ship, Less. It depends how many tentacle monsters we find, but we'll, you know, we'll keep cross some that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> um, Captain, do you have anyone that would be able to walk us through the depths of the boat? Um, I myself haven't been down there before, so I'm a little unfamiliar with it, but I'd be willing to take the time to search for any magical presence. In case somehow it's magical and not a physical thing slowing the boat down. I certainly have people that can be helping you with that. And one thing I wonder, around the time the boat started slow down, did you guys take on anything new? Pick up any stranded human-looking tentacle monsters or maybe acquire any unusual silver artifacts of unknown origin? You know, anything that might happen at sea. No. Uh, like I said, it was just when we entered the cove. Uh, it, it seemed to happen almost all of a sudden. Mm, just as I suspected. But uh, as for a guide around the ship, I would suggest our uh, navigator, Navigator Swain. Is that his name? Navigator, navigator. Swain. <laughs> our navigator, navigator. Is he a cook? Like, what, what's his job? <laughs> navigator Swain, the cook. <laughs> I get you. Um, so yeah, let's before we go jumping into mysterious waters, let's go do a quick. Especially since it's early in the morning, right? We got all day. Let's go and do a quick round in the underbelly of the the ship here and see if we can come across anything. You know, a, a hole of a ship's not too thick. There's some magical weird thing clinging to the outside. We'll be close enough to sense it from the inside. So there's a way to start without jumping directly into the maw of the tentacle monster inevitably hiding under the ship. That's a good plan. <laughs> well, uh, Mr. Swain is uh, below decks right now. Just head towards the galley and you'll find him there. So he is the cook. <laughs> <laughs> Called it. Let's go find Navigator Swain the deck swab. 
Navigator Swain, the guy who does anything but navigate the ship. Clearly the captain's got mm. the navigating handled right now. But, yeah. Sounds like a plan to go find Navigator Swain and have him have him show us around the boat. Yep, so we'll make our way down through the galley, find our way to the belly. I think that's the technical term for the inside of the ship. The tum. Yeah, we'll go to the ship's tum. The tum tum. <laughs> So you head below decks and make your way towards the galley. Down there you see a tall man. Um, he looks rather young, probably about 25 to 28. Uh, he has bright blonde hair and he's most definitely human. And he doesn't look like you would what you would think of a tried and true sailor. Very pale looking skin and looks like he hasn't seen a lot of time to see. Alright. Might you happen to be Navigator Swain the Cook? I am not the cook, but uh, I am I am Navigator Swain, but you can call me Bill. Ah, Bill Swain. We've cleared that little conundrum up, I suppose. So, Mr. Swain, the Navigator... Uh, who's not a cook. We hear you've been under the ship recently, and you you didn't find anything slowing the old babe down. So what'd you find under there when you went to traveling underneath the water? Well, um, it wasn't me that went uh, went oh, under yeah, it was the, the first boat. Mate. It was uh, first mate, um, Nareth. Um, but I could definitely point you in his direction if you wanted to to speak with him. Is there anything else I could do for you? Uh, we were thinking of getting a little tour of the ship, see if we could check out what's going on in the underbelly there, see if there's any strange things inside the ship maybe slowing us down. The captain said you might be able to give us a quick tour. Um, if the captain said that, I can certainly do it. I have been through this ship, uh, from keel to top deck, and I haven't found anything myself, but feel free to have a look yourself. And what's your take on this whole slowing ship down thing? Ever experienced anything like it before? I have not. I have been on my fair share of uh, of voyages, usually with uh, uh, with Captain Marcosi, but um, usually I was below deck. Truth be told, I used to be the cook, but I, <gasps> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> The pale skin. It's all making sense. But I've never experienced anything of, of this nature before. Hmm. Alright, well. To the first mate. <laughs> well, to the belly of the ship. To the belly of the ship. And then to the first mate. Tum tum time. Tum tum time first. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the correct nautical term, I'm fairly sure. I am a sailor. Tum tum. So we'll make our way to the tum tum then, now that we've got navigator swain the cooks the former cook now navigator bill uh <laughs> has given us authorization and okay. is hopefully escorting us so we don't get lost yes he takes you uh out of the galley and and down into the stores of the ship uh where you see you know a few barrels of alcohol and um what you believe are the remaining barrels of food uh, some provisions as well, some tents and tools and things like that. It's uh, surprisingly empty, though, for 
other than personal belongings from what you would uh, expect a long voyage to have. Hmm. All right, Zoyna, do you uh, do you detect anything strange going on down here? Um, Zoyna will cast detect magic and take her time while we're down here scanning the exterior from the interior. Hmm. All right, as you do. The entire ship radiates a faint transmutation aura. Hmm. But there doesn't seem to be any area that you can pinpoint that's stronger than the rest. Whatever it is seems to be affecting the entire ship as a whole. I share this information with the group and say, this isn't good, guys. This is potentially the entire ship. So we've got some sort of mysterious magical aura going on. That's unfortunate. Um, can we search around and see if anyone's put like a little, you know, symbol or rune? I assume anything that's going to affect the size of a whole ship has got to have some permanent presence going on, unless we got some seriously powerful magic caster messing with us. Can we can we search the interior of the hull for symbols, weird markings, anything that looks arcane? Go ahead and roll a perception. All of us? That is 20 for me. It's a 20 for Eppers as well. Zorni only gets an 11. Too focused on trying to find actual magic. Right, you got other things going on. 24 for Willow Core. Okay, so um, the four of you search around in the store and... um, you can't see anything that is carved or painted on the uh, the ship itself. Um, you rummage through a few of the personal belongings, uh, and there are a few that seem to have some arcane-looking marks on them, um, but they're they seem relatively small in size. And if you hand them over to Willacoya, or actually. Which one of you have Eslanti? Uh, I think I do. Yeah. I think Quaya does. Three of you do? Okay. Um, you, I do not. You recognize it as Eslanti symbols. Hmm. Um, and unfortunately, there's really no names on any of these belongings. Uh, so you're not sure exactly what it is or what it's from. But it's a very small item. Um, Actually, you're not sure exactly what it is. Uh, It's just a disc about uh, two or two and a half inches um, that has notches along the edge of it. What's it made of? Uh, It's made of metal. Um, This specific type you're not sure of. You're probably thinking steel. Okay. Do any of the markings on it match the uh, markings on that odd little timepiece we found at the former mayor's house? We've got that. I, I think it was a timepiece or a compass, whatever. We and it had it was metal with some markings on it. Do they? Can we match them up or anything? Or are these just totally unique markings for us here? Um, a lot of them are kind of not really faded, but well, faded off like they've been rubbed and and abraded through time so you 
it's more the writing style that you can identify as as Lanti mm -hmm. uh, instead of the individual symbols. Okay. Does it actually form any words or sentences or letters, or is it just symbols? It's just uh, from what is left, it looks just like symbols. Just um, as Lantian origin. Right. Mm -hmm. And with your detect magic still going, this doesn't radiate anything. Mm -hmm. Well, it doesn't get us very far. So all of the uh, easy options appear to have eluded us. It looks like we're going to have to find our way to the outside of the ship, but it's good to know that whatever's affecting us isn't just some point source. There's something cast on the whole ship. Um, bef before we leave the hold, um, is the hold like the entire underbelly, like literally from the front to the back? With the exception of the, um, uh, the staircase that was, okay. Um, come down there. and like when you said entire ship, it's like even the interior, like roof over our heads, not just the exterior of the boat. You meant literally the entire boat. Yes. Okay. Um, and Zornia's going to turn to Bill and ask, uh, Bill, are you aware of any magic enchantments or protections or anything cast on the entire boat? Or is that something we should ask the captain about? Well, the captain doesn't really uh, believe in magic too much. He doesn't put much, uh, much faith in it, if you will. I can't say whether or not our uh, our faithful friends had uh, done anything to the boat for a good passage, safe passage, but the captain wouldn't have agreed to it himself. So if it had happened, it was without his knowledge. Thank you. Um, Sarnia turns to the rest of the party. Um, before we go in the water, I think we should at least tell Ramona and um, Captain Marcosi about the fact that the entire ship is has been affected by magic. Maybe that can get them thinking about a possible solution while we investigate the outside. Couldn't hurt to keep them in the loop. Um, I guess one other thing for Bill. Uh, uh, hey there, Bill, uh, the navigator. Have you seen any shady folks on the ship who who might be you know dabbling in the arcane arts uh, in in an unnatural fashion? I haven't interacted much with the colonists, but uh, I can't say as though I've seen much of that going on. Obviously, the uh, two priests have been praying a lot. I'm not sure if that's bringing any magic aboard, but. Nothing good can come of that. Priests. <laughs> As for Shady, the closest that I would say would be uh, Harcourt Carrollby. Uh, but, you know what? Money is just shady to me. So. Yeah, he was a little shady. I've only met one priest I liked, and he was a poltergeist. You liked him? Yeah. <laughs> We and something I flung him at himself. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a sneaking suspicion we have an Aslanti interloper on the ship. I actually kind of... I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I, this, going back and forth. Um, 
as a player, I really want to actually hold on to this disc. Do actually, was it obvious whose possessions we found this disc Listen, in, or was it labeled? Sitting yeah, it wasn't out. labeled. It was in a rucksack. It's just in someone's rucksack. Yeah. And, uh, the oh, rucksack I'm... itself is definitely well used, well cared for as well. Um, looks like from someone that definitely gets out there and does a lot of exploring. Um, and from the other things in the rucksack, you know that he's prepared for um, for doing more of that once he, goes, once he gets off the boat. Or she. Should we take the bag? And maybe they'll kind of claim it if they see it aboard? That's not a bad idea. I mean, as long as nobody's going to get angry at us for snatching someone else's gear from the hold. Well, and we might be able to persuade them that it was, like, because we found it somewhere it wouldn't have normally been. Like, we were recovering it rather than stealing it. Right. Like, hey, we found this in the hole. (laughs) Well, and Zornia's thought process behind it is... Um, Ramona had mentioned that things with like Zanti text on it, like that is old, is rare, and the time oh. timepiece and like because when we'd mentioned the timepiece and compass, and she's like, I don't know if he had owned that, but th- such things are rare. So this is obviously another rare item, and even older looking. Is so. it something that got brought with us, or is it somehow something that got put on the boat Snap after on. the fact? So. I'd say either take the whole disc or the whole bag, or the disc or the whole bag. Yeah. I'm just gonna. Who has the bag right now? I don't anyone? think anyone picked up the bag. We just got the disc, so okay. the bag's probably still just hanging out. In the I'm hole. gonna pick up the bag and swing it onto Mr. Pig, so that he's holding the bag and I'm holding him. Uh, plausible <laughs> deniability. The pig took it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had no idea. I didn't even know it was there. I didn't even know I had a pig. <laughs> it's maybe so that, light. Maybe that's too far. <laughs> yeah, it's like a feather. Pig feather. To the top. Now, yep, speaking we'll of go. Mr. Pig, he is not doing so hot. He's <gasps> kind of been hung upside down for quite a while. And you marinating. fed him. Yeah, we have been mm. neglecting Mr. Friendly Pig. Okay, I'm going to take Mr. Pig and the bag off my back and just kind of plop him on the ground. Does anybody have any water? I do. Beer. I have water. I, I got it in the well with the goblins. So I'm going to give him some goblin water hmm. and um, some carrots. I can create water. Oh, that's <laughs> way more cool than goblin water. Yeah, but the, you know, they can handle goblin water. See, does he perk up? Is he looking good? Definitely uh, partakes of what he sees as a feast. Um, he does perk up a bit. Okay, I'm going to just kneel down beside him and rub his tummy and say, that's a good little, little bacon. Good little Mr. Piggy. What a good pig. I can feed him some trail rations, too. I still got a, a number of packs of those. Are you all ready to go on a ride, Mr. Pig? So, you want to get back on? So now Mr. Pig has been fed and, and watered. You ready? Like a good pig. You're like, if we're going to go in the water, you should leave the boar in your room. I'm just going to glare at Zornia. <laughs> get your own pig. You can't swim with its feet tied up. We haven't tried yet. Do you really Can know you that? swim when your feet are all tied I'm just going to swing them onto my back and walk away. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I swing him on and I walk away. We'll try our best not to drown, friendly Mr. Pig. Honestly, at this point, we don't even know how friendly he is. Uh, he's very friendly. He does seem friendly. <laughs> he's also underfed. 
Okay, so we've, we've taken care of, of friendly Mr. Pig's needs. Uh, he'll be a wonderful adult friendly boar one day, uh, right before we eat him. I would assume uh, at this point Eppers is on the top. <laughs> we, she we left. confiscated the guy's bag who had the Aslanti looking disc. And we didn't find anything else of use down there. So we can go and and let Ramona know that her spell's been or her ship's been cursed by some big spell. Or I guess the captain's ship, but Ramona's kinda in charge right now. I'd say we can call it. Yeah, why not? We got time. Alright. So you <clears throat> head uh head up to the top deck and you approach Ramona who is just Standing there next to an older-looking gentleman um, that you've seen around the boat, but you're not really 100% positive who he is exactly. Um, And they're just chit-chatting a little bit. uh, And you approach her, and... I'm not there. You're just hanging out with the pig. I'm over-talking to Mr. Pig and kind of glaring at Zornia. So, no, I'm not involved. Excuse me, Ramona. Yes, Zornia, what can I do for you? Um, We just wanted to give you a quick update. Um, We inspected the holds and trying to find uh, some sort of exterior magic and discovered that the entire ship has been affected by some sort of transmutation magic. Magic? Yes. I don't know anyone that would be powerful enough to cast anything on the entire ship the priests any idea where it's coming from we weren't able to find anything that seemed to be emanating the specific magic um we tried looking through the belongings that were down in the hold and didn't find anything that specifically emanated magic we found something that is as of appears to be aslanti origin and it's a little suspicious where you mentioned such things are rare. Um, if it's okay with you, we're going to hold on to that, and as well as the bag it was in for a little bit, just to see if we can figure out who it belongs to and why they might have it. And we may tell the captain before we jumped into the water ourselves. Well, I uh, definitely suggest you do that. Um, and does Ramona seem at all surprised to hear that there was an Aslanti artifact on the ship? Can I sense whether or not she's... She is, is a little bit surprised, but more than that, you see um, the gentleman standing with her perk up at the mention of that. And um, he says... Um, can you tell me exactly where it is you found this? Uh, perhaps we could, but I don't believe we've met, good sir. My name's Nimbly Anna Bones. Who might you be? You can call me Carver Hastings. I'm an archaeologist out of, uh, out of Alnus. An archaeologist, sir? That's a profession after my own heart. Ah, you do look like the uh, well-traveled fellow. I know a thing or two about the world, sir. Now tell me, what's your interest in this uh, strange Aslanti artifact we appear to have found here? Well, as an archaeologist, you know that I'm 
just trying to learn as much as I can. I was hired onto this uh, uh, onto this venture to explore any ruins we might find and, and catalog them to bring back to Almus and uh, and further our our knowledge of uh, the lost Aslanti civilization. Maybe pick up a few uh, hints as to their magic and technological ways. Well, you seem like quite an expert in this field. Should we let this guy see the artifact, or should we keep our motives secret from him? I'm not there, but I don't trust. I'm just kind of, like, observing. Keeping my distance. Hanging out with the pig. Hanging out with the pig. Um... So I'm gonna just whisper to Zornia. What, what do you what do you think of this fella? Should we let him in on what we found, or should we go about our business and keep him in the dark? Could technically show him one of the older things we found. Right. We we could let this guy check out our artifact things, but I'm still suspicious that someone on the boat is an interloper, and I don't know who we want to show all our Aslanti stuff to till we get a read on the situation and we're assuming this isn't his bag that we took it from i mean we don't know yet yeah he could be trying to see if it's his stuff that we found can he see the bag that mr pig is holding i don't know you're not around there so maybe well i'm just like across the way i can observe i'm observing depends on the way you're facing if you're looking at him probably not yeah because mr pig is shoulder is Almost overboard. So I'd assume no. <laughs> what are you doing with Mr. Pig? Well, I'm leaning against the railing, so I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> Zornia says to Carver, um, we found um, this object down in the hold of the ship where all of the people's belongings of extra food, water, and other supplies are being held. Um, inside a bag. Um, did you have any of your belongings down there? Well, like the rest of the colonists, I certainly did. I mean, before you left the ship, your stuff was down in the hold, too. All right, let's not get into pointing fingers here. Would you be able to describe your bag? Well, um, it's a pretty common rucksack. It's well used, but I keep pretty good care of it. Um, I oil it, uh, you know, once a month to make sure that the leather doesn't break down. Um, but, you know, within it, I, I keep a lot of stuff so that if I need to take off and explore for a couple days, I'm well stocked. Does, does, yeah, I'm going to whisper to player, I think we Does this do sound <laughs> like an exact description of his bag and the stuff in it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you have any artifacts or objects in your bag, sir? Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I, I whisper over to Willacoya, I'm pretty sure we stole this dude's stuff. And then I'm going to say to him, well, fortunately, I've never seen a bag like the one you've described, but we'll keep it in mind in case we come across it. Does Epirus hear this conversation? Well, you said she's I, I mean, I like to think I do, but I didn't know if that's up to me to decide. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm just gonna swing Mr. Pig down in front of me. He has his little backpack on. Uh, out of the corner of his eye, he does see the movement and glances over. 
You thieves! You stole my pack! You had no right to go through the items down there. Uh, I'm going to bluff him and say, We have every right, sir. We're investigating this arcane cantrip cast on this ship. And see if I can get him to, you know, kind of back off of his insistence. Well, is that bluff or more intimidate slash intimidate? I mean, we were told to figure out what was wrong with yeah, the that's ship. Yeah, re- it's is true. It really I'm not actually lying to him. Carver turns to Ramon and says, Did you grant them permission to go through all of uh, all of our stuff. And Ramona puts her head down. <sighs> no, Carver, I did not. They took that on their own. I told them to find out what's happening. I didn't tell them they could go through the stuff, but if that's where their investigation took them, I think it's for the best. Your stuff is there. Collect it. And you should be fine. You didn't take any of the stuff from his back did backpack, did you? No, I think we left that artifact in there. But before this guy can, can get his stuff back, I uh I'm gonna accuse him. I'm gonna say this man is an Aslanti spy. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you refer to me as a spy of any sort? That artifact is a trinket I picked up in Almus years ago. I bought it at a flea market. I knew it was Aslanti the moment I saw it, but the purveyor had no idea what he had. I carry it around for inspiration. Well, I assure you, sir, we'll get to the bottom of this. But it does seem quite a coincidence that your Aslanti artifact would be on the ship at the same time that some mysterious curse befell it. I'm sure, knowing that you know that there's magic on the ship, that you've looked and detected, attempted to detect magic on this. Did you find anything? Because all of the people that I've had review it have told me there is no such magic on this, that it is a completely inert object. Well, sir, there there are powerful magics afoot here, and I'm going to propose to Ramona. Uh, I say we be allowed to keep these artifacts until we get to the bottom of this. I think we could take this dude if he tried to mess with us anyway, so I think we got the upper hand here. <laughs> I mean, Epris has got the artifact. Good luck taking it. I'm babysitting. Hands. <laughs> yeah, I don't see making Just... other colonists angry though. Yeah, I know. I, I've gotten myself in too deep here, but I don't want to back out yet. <laughs> so when you're He's very passionate. So slightly, we just calmed everyone down. Why are we getting into this again? Give the man his stuff. You know, there's no magic on it. He's gonna be on the island. Where can he go? He could slip away to the slippery tentacly depths. Speaking of which, wasn't that where we were headed? I, that, I have gotten us on a little bit of a detour here. <laughs> Alright, the man can have his things back. Sir, <laughs> you hear Carver just try to calmly talk with you. As an archaeologist, you should know that I'm interested in one thing and one thing only, the past. A trinket from the past 
of course holds value to me. Yes, it is of Aslanti origin. I'm sure you saw that the moment you saw the, the symbols imprinted on this disc. But I know from my research that this is no magical device. This is a simple cog from an Aslanti construct. I don't know what that construct was for, but I'm sure when we get ashore and explore some of the ruins, you too will see these. So please, let me have the trinket that helps me to focus, to helps, that helps me to find what I'm looking for. All right, Cogsworth, you win this time. We'll return your goods, but I'll have an eye on you. During that last little bit of back and forth, Zornia walked over to Epris and the Pagan. If Epris allowed Zornia, <laughs> retrieved the bag and brought it back over to Carver. Well, he took it off Mr. Pig? Yes. Yes. If Epris allowed it. And Mr. Pig allows it. Does Epris allow? <laughs> I'm just going to sit back and cross my arms. And then I'm going to nod at Mr. Pig. Zornia will easily remove it from his little hooves, hands it over. He hands it over. We'll carry it over to um, Carver. And once Nimbuliana said his reply, Carver, with our sincerest apologies, here are your items. And he hands the bag back to her. Thank you, young lady. Please look after this misguided fellow you seem to have your head in place i'm sure that he is a good man and that he has a lot to offer but you can't go making enemies of the people that you're going to be stuck with for years at a time i'm gonna give him a little i got my eyes on you gesture you know (laughs) silently let him acknowledge that i'm watching um zornia will say to the cover I I will do my best, and I respect what you do, sir. I myself also love Aslanti history. All right, I still don't trust him, but I whisper that so he doesn't hear it. Um, Then I I think we should move on, update the captain, then investigate, see if there's anything we can do to get this boat moving faster. Yes, there's that first mate who's already been down under the ship. We should make sure he hasn't been replaced by some sort of mysterious tentacle creature. Wearing human skin, no doubt. <gasps> Gross. <laughs> or a cook. Or, or a cook. Or a that cook's would be skin. also detrimental. <laughs> Do we see this first mate? Oh, were you going to Marcosi or the first mate first? Yeah, we'll, we'll go and update the captain first. Okay. And he can probably tell us where the first mate's at anyway. I'm going to go over and have a chat with Carver. Just going to go side talk conversation. Okay, so <laughs> what do you... Let's get to Marcosi and then we'll get to whatever... Oh, I'm not really... It's just more apologies on behalf of all these guys and their poor attitudes. And apologize on, on behalf yeah. of Mr. Pig. And how embarrassed really I am for my, my travel mates. Okay. Except for little Koi. <laughs> <laughs> so, you make your way up to... Uh, Captain Marcosi, and which one of you approaches him to tell him the 
news. Yeah, I don't want to take up too much time in the chat with Marcosi, so I'll I'll just go up, give him a quick update. Ships fully cursed at the whole the whole deal. It's no big deal. From the tum tum to the top, um, the tippy top. And then ask him where his first mate's at, because I, I think we've already got most of the info we need from him, unless uh, unless he's got something specific to add there. And um, he lets you know that Mark uh, that uh, first mate Nareth is up at the very bow of the ship, just looking out over the water to the land. All right, so we can go approach him and and give him a little uh, good day, good sir. We're looking for the first mate. Uh, that would be me. All right, sir. Uh, we hear you've been under the ship to investigate this little slowdown problem. What'd you happen to find when you went down under the briny deep? I, I, uh, I did dive under uh, yesterday, before you lot showed up, and uh, I didn't make it very far. Obviously, the tensions on board took a, a precedence at that time, but uh, I went under the rudder and. In the murky depths, I really couldn't tell much of anything, but I didn't see anything that was holding us down or anything like that. And and I'll, I'll get a good look at the guy. Does he look like a fishman wearing human skin at all? No. Looks like a very I don't even know what that would look like. Epperus is joined by, by this point. All right, well, that's not a whole lot of extra info to go on. I suppose we should just get ready and start doing some dives, see if we can figure out anything that's under here. I've got the long sword that casts light. I assume that gives us a little bit of light, even underwater. Um, and I've also got a whole stack of air bladders, so we get extra, as long as we're willing to use them, I brought five air bladders, so that gives us one extra round underwater. Um, so I can pass out some air bladders, and we can get prepared to dive. Does any of you have a swim speed? Ding. Cool. Sorry, that's Zornia. <laughs> yes. She doesn't realize it yet as a character, though. Okay. Really, where does your oracle get a swim speed from? Her curse. Ah, neat. You wouldn't naturally have Yeah, unless your race came with a swim speed. I don't think... Where's the place for it? Would need be near speed. Yeah, it'd be near the move speed on your race page. Yeah, I don't think it really has a place on Mythweavers to show it. Yeah, you'd probably have to go to, unless you wrote it down on a character sheet somewhere, you'd have to go and check your... This is regular speed. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so I think um, is the only one with an actual swim speed. Okay, so everyone else will have to attempt swim checks. <laughs> I guess since Zornia, uh, I could... But Zornia doesn't know. We're metagaming a little bit. She right. doesn't know about it yet. So we'll we'll proceed as though we don't know and, and get ready to have all of us die. Okay. Um. And everyone can carry one of these air bladders because I brought five with me. All they do is give you one free round of air underwater. Just as a reminder, um, you can hold your breath up to... Two times your constitution in rounds, unless you have an ability that states otherwise. Um, it's two times your full constitution score, not just your, your modifier? Score. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. That makes for a lot However, more time than I thought. taking actions, 
Yeah, robs you of something. Robs you of that. Each standard action you take subtracts an extra uh, round. Mm-hmm. And if you fail swim checks, you're dead. <laughs> you start drowning. So, <laughs> well, so you're not doing it, well. Yeah. Failing a swim check means you like don't progress. You don't progress. You potentially sink. Potentially go underwater if you're you on the surface. To, you have to if you if if you fail it and you're on the surface you then have to start holding your breath, okay. which is the two times your constitution. If you take a standard action or a full round action, um, then the remainder, so basically you're doubling your that round's penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, you cast a spell that has a verbal component. You have to, you take a penalty, the same thing. It's a standard action. And um, I believe it's an extra because you have to open your mouth. It ends up being a penalty of two uh, on top of the round. So it's three for that round if you cast a verbal component spell. And you have to succeed as a concentration check. Concentration yeah. check. Constitution, concentration. We're getting yes. into all the hard to pronounce ones. Mm-hmm. Now. <laughs> Why can't we talk underwater? <laughs> <laughs> if you do not have a swim speed, and you pass your swim check, you can go at one quarter of your speed, rounded down to the nearest five. So if you're 30, it ends up being five (laughs) as your swim speed. Wait, say that again? What? Uh, If if you succeed at your swim check, you can swim at a quarter of your land-based speed, okay. rounded down to the nearest five. So if you have a speed of 30, it would be five. If you have a speed of 40, it would be 10. Okay, okay. And because I have the healthy trait, uh, I get three times constitution instead of two. So just making that ava- info available before we get down there. Yep. This is scary. Yeah, drowning checks are rough. So luckily, it's calm water. Mm. So swim checks are easier. Until we get the thing that's making magic under there angry. Yeah, then it's tentacle water. Now, if you did want to move more, you could do a double move, a double swim, and you'll go half your speed. Is that what, like, quadruple the amount of um, time you use, or... Is it just the same as taking just, a standard um, action or well, something? It's just a move action, so you, it would just be losing one. Oh, okay. So as long as we're not in combat or anything, we can essentially like double swim all the time for right. the same amount of breath. Right. So that would be half your speed. So if you're 30, you'd be able to go 15. Um, if you're 35, right? Because Willacoy is 35, Yeah, she's right? got long legs. So she would... <clears throat> Sorry, be able to go 15 as well. So. Oh, yeah, because we round down. Man, yeah. That's a bummer. And so we'll use these rules next time. 